Fail Films 101 is not an actual college course and cannot be taken for college credit. It is not affiliated with any university, community college, junior college, vocational training program, or for-profit corporation masquerading as a school of any kind. Professor Jay has no formal training as an educator and, in fact, went to a Missouri State College for about two semesters, ran out of money, and dropped out as a result. And now that I've covered my own ass legally, let's get on with Fail Films 101. Hello class and welcome to Fail Films 101, a pod class about the shittiest movies humankind has to offer and why we love them. I'm your instructor, Professor J, and class is in session. We are back from a hiatus and I do want to apologize to everyone again for going on hiatus in the first place. My life was getting a little chaotic at the end of September. To be honest, it's still pretty fucking chaotic. But I had to come back in time for Halloween. Because Halloween is not just a day, it is an entire month. Actually, it's a little bit longer. In my house, my wife and I generally begin celebrating Halloween in about August. But October is generally considered to be the Halloweeniest of Halloween. So, the syllabus is temporarily on hold. And in the meantime, we will be doing the Spookening 2019. Thursdays in October... We'll be covering movies that are bad, obviously. I mean, that's the whole premise of this pod class. But they will be bad horror and or Halloween-themed movies. And each episode will be a surprise until the episode launches. And I figured a good way to kick this off would be with a little movie my wife and I discovered with our friend Abby. And... Y'all, this movie is something else, let me tell ya. This movie was made in 2016 by a man named J. Zachary Thurman. It had a budget of $15,000. J. Zachary Thurman wrote, directed, and starred in this movie, and we all know how well things go when someone writes, stars in, and directs the movie themselves. This movie is called Furry Nights. This movie is about killer furries. I would like to premise this before we get into the plot, that I love my furry friends, all three or four of you. I have no disrespect for the furry community, I do not believe this movie to be an accurate representation of the furry community. With that being said, this movie is fucking ridiculous. The $15,000 budget shows. I would talk about the production of this film, but it is very hard to find any information about it whatsoever. If you want to search for this movie, Do not simply Google furry nights. You will get a lot of furry porn. If you're looking for furry porn, kudos to you. Search furry nights all you want. If you're looking for this movie specifically, I recommend searching for furry nights 2016 movie or something along those lines. Your search results will still be sparse because there is not a lot of information on this movie out there, which is why I am not talking about the production. Because I know literally nothing about the production other than J. Zachary Thurman's name pops up everywhere in the credits. And this movie had a budget of $15,000. That's it. That's all the information I was able to find. So, with that, let's go ahead and jump right into the plot of this steaming pile of garbage. The movie opens up with an older gentleman in the woods with a gun. He's wearing flannel and a ball cap, so you know he is a country boy slash hunter. We see a lovely little stream flowing through these woods, and something drinking from it. We don't get a good look at what that something is. All we can tell is it has fur, it has a mouth that is moving. Honestly, it kind of looks like an animatronic, like a really bad... Sub Chuck E. Cheese quality level animatronic. The hunter shoots and kills this creature. We see a very fake blood splatter on the screen. 
the blood splatter goes along with the camera as it pans towards the hunter. The hunter moves towards his kill, lifts up his head, stares at it in horror, and drops it. He realizes he's not killed an animal. He has killed a human in an animal costume. He's shocked. He's horrified. And suddenly it's nighttime. The hunter is being chased by something or someone. Not quite sure which. But he's bloodied up. He's scared. And he falls, gets back up, you know, very typical horror movie. And then he starts to climb a ladder. He screams and is dragged down. While all of this is going on, we hear some chattering noises. Similar to an animal, but definitely not an animal. And suddenly it's daytime again. We see a tree. The tree has some red on it. And some teenagers are in the woods with a camera. One of the teenagers sees the red, and they're like, is that blood? And he says to his friend, I dare you to taste it. She tastes it. It's definitely blood, and now she probably has some kind of bloodborne disease. I want to give a disclaimer to those who are listening. If you see something red that you think is blood, don't touch it. Don't lick it. Just leave it alone. Do not do what this character in this crappy, crappy movie did. Because that is a very easy way to catch a preventable disease. Anyway, the rest of the teenagers arrive. Apparently, they're late. They're supposed to be filming something. The one with the camera is the director, so of course he has to be on time, as he informs them. The two girls... We later find out there are three girls, but the two that are on camera right now, one is a blonde preppy girl and the other is a brunette rebel. She is the one who licked the blood. They seem to have some animosity towards each other, to say the least. I don't know how to describe that scene. It's kind of pointless, honestly. One of the boys takes his shirt off and says that he's ready for his scene, asking the blonde to take her shirt off as well. Apparently, they need to get the booby shot quote-unquote booby shot. I did the uh, finger quotes, but y'all can't see that because this is an audio medium, of course. (laughs) But yeah, they need to get the booby shot. And then two of the teenagers who aren't in the scene that's about to be filmed, one of whom is the rebel girl, start arguing about whether or not I Dream of Genie and Bewitched were misogynistic in nature. Not quite sure why that scene was necessary, but they did it. They ran with it. And by the way, before I forget, if I sound a little exhausted or tired, I do want to apologize. This is my fourth attempt at recording this episode. The first attempt my mother called me in the middle of. I love you, Mom, but that did kind of throw off my groove and my rhythm, so I had to start over. Second attempt, computer came unplugged. Which we all know what happens when Professor J's computer comes unplugged. He gets frustrated. The files get corrupt. He has to start all over. Third attempt. My animals. I love them so much. But they love to get noisy while I'm trying to record. The cats were wrestling and hissing and screaming. The dog was howling and playing with his grunting hedgehog toy. So now the cats are up, and thankfully Dakota, when the cats went up, thought it would be a good time to take a nap, so now that's what he is doing. So again, I apologize if I sound a little exhausted. It's like 11pm here, I started attempting to record at 8.30. Yeah. Anyway, they argue over whether or not I dream of genie and bewitched were misogynistic. There's also another blonde girl there. The first blonde, whose name, we don't know any of these characters' names yet, by the way. But one of the blondes is named Jess, and the other is named Hannah. And I always get them mixed up because they look exactly alike. But the one who is in the scene asks why the other blonde girl can't do the scene that she is about to do. Because she does not want to take off her shirt. And basically, the director says she's not pretty enough, which 
is not accurate because again these two blonde girls look basically identical to me but whatever and then we see a swamp monster pop out and scare the teenagers it's really just a bad halloween store mask and a morph suit the morph suit even says morph suits on the back and the front of the suit i'm not even joking it's like on on the back it's like right above the butt and on the front it is somewhere between the belly button and the crotch it is very visible I don't know why they thought it would be a good idea to buy a morph suit that says morph suits on it and use it for this character's costume in this movie that the characters are filming. $15,000 budget, y'all. Anyway, it turns out he's another teenager. He's playing the monster in the shitty movie and they start to film the booby shot scene. The girl is reluctantly topless. The director says, I gave you nipple pasties. What more do you want? She says, my shirt. I don't blame her. The two shirtless people make out. And then we get a montage of these teenagers filming their movie. The monster is killing, quote unquote, one of the shirtless boys in the stream. And then the other two shirtless people from before start making out again. Then one of the teens is just taking a piss in the woods. I'm not saying it the way that British people say, like, oh, he's taking the piss. No, he's literally taking a piss in the woods. Like, peeing. Don't know why we felt like that uh, scene was necessary. And then we see the te- some the whole group of teenagers arguing with each other while the rebel girl smokes her cigarettes and drinks. And the blonde from earlier is yelling, why is the swamp monster wearing boots? He has flippers. And he is literally wearing, like, work boots, like his father's work boots that honestly look a little too big for him. So the swamp monster knocks over the couple that's making out, and the director gets mad because the swamp monster is blocking the booby shots. Also, apparently, the monster kid's name is Brian, because... Right after that, we see them filming a scene where the swamp monster is coming out of the lake and the director says, think monster, Brian, monster noises, come on. And one of the other boys knocks Brian into the lake and then runs off. This is all told through the director's camera lens, by the way, which we know because there's the little recording dot and the battery meter of the camera. It's not even like, a DSLR camera or anything like that. It's not, it's literally like a handheld digital picture taking camera that they're just using to shoot videos. Yep. And once they're done filming for the night, for some reason, the director is still just filming their little camping trip, I guess, for the memories. But they wander into the woods and they come across some furries having a bonfire and when i say furries i don't mean like high quality custom made fursuits that everyone thinks of when they think of furries these are high school mascot costumes at best there is one of them wearing the typical easter bunny costume that you would see at the mall And then there is a person in a poodle mask, like a rubber poodle mask. And they are wearing like a pink spandex outfit with like little poofs at the bottom to like be the fur and a little tail on it. Definitely not a fursuit. And then there is Mr. Fox who we know his name is Mr. Fox because in the credits it says Mr. Fox as himself. Although I can't really find a whole lot of information on the infamous Mr. Fox. But Mr. Fox, his costume is a horrifying mask, which by the way, you can purchase at Spirit Halloween. Which I know because after watching this movie, 
my wife hung out with some of her friends, went to the Halloween store while, if I'm not mistaken, I was at work, took a picture of the mask, and promptly scared her friend's 12-year-old daughter with it. If I can find a picture of the mask, I will post a link to it in the description of the episode and in the Google Classroom and probably on the Facebook and Twitter pages as well. Yeah. But anyway, his costume is that mask, a white tail, because the mask is white, a jean jacket, a t-shirt, and jeans. Not a not a whole lot of effort on his part, and yet somehow he is, despite being the least costumed of the furries, is the most terrifying. That's actually probably why he's the most terrifying of the furries, because he is the least costumed. It is very hard to be intimidated by these other furries when they literally just look like high school mascots or cuddly Easter bunnies. Anyway, these furries are just having a grand old time in the woods. They are humping, like dry humping through their clothes, dancing around the bonfire, having a little conga line, just having a grand old furry time, just having a blast. And then one of them spots the teenagers and they all shyly retreat to their tents. All that is except for Mr. Fox. He just kind of stares at them for a little bit like the creepy motherfucker he is. Shortly afterwards, the teenagers are reviewing the footage on the director child's camera, which, by the way, we barely know any of these people's names other than the blonde girls, Jess and Hannah, and Brian. But I'll just go ahead and say one of the teenagers' names is Mark, the director is Jack, and the rebel girl's name is Maddie. So I'm just going to start referring to them by their names, even though we barely know any of their names at the moment. So the teenagers are reviewing the footage on the camera, and one of them is like, what is going on? And one of them says, they're furries. They dress up like animals to, well, you know. And one of the blondes is like, oh yeah, I saw a documentary about that. And that's when Maddie asks, why would National Geographic pay for furry porn? And one of the boys, I forget which one of them, is like, they're dressed up like animals. And one of the horny teenagers says it's kinky. One of the girls tells them to stop. And then he says, relax, we have Jess's dad's gun. And Jess is like, yeah, but we're only supposed to use it for animals, you know, like wolves and coyotes and things like that. Like, we need a reminder of what animals are. And I guess Jess is the one who they deemed was not pretty enough to be in the movie. And Hannah is the one who was making out, which I realize because Mark is the one who was making out with her shirtless. And he has Hannah sitting in his lap. And he's like, why don't we pick up where we left off earlier? And she says, because my tits are still frozen, basically. And so Mark and Hannah get up, and they're like, I'm going to go thaw off Hannah's tits. I wish I was joking. That's a real thing that was said in this movie. And then Jess sits next to Brian, the kid who played the monster, and asks her. she asks him if he remembers the song that he wrote for her in 8th grade. He says that he doesn't. She threatens to play it, but then I guess he grabs her boobs and she runs off. I don't fucking know. Meanwhile, one of the teens is alone in the woods with a flashlight gathering more firewood. The furry in the bear costume is following him. And by the way, I have to reiterate that this furry in the bear costume looks nothing like an actual bear. It looks like a cheap knockoff high school mascot bear, except instead of trying to look intimidating for high school sporting events, it looks cuddly and cute. They honestly just kind of, I assume, because I can't find any information about the production of this movie, but it looks like something that they just rented at a cheap costume shop. 
Anyway, while this teenager is being followed by a bear furry in the woods, we hear some various bad sound effects of various forest animals, including wolves. The teen runs off. I'm pretty sure it's Mark. And then we see all of the teens cuddled up in the tent, asleep. And then a shot of the night sky through the trees. Okay, it's all the teens except one. The one who was in the woods and is now asleep in front of the fire in a camp chair with the gun right by him. And also a beer, because it's very smart to be drinking and handling firearms at the same time. And I'm guessing the one who was in the woods was Mark, because I do remember Mark being the one who was asleep in the camp chair with the gun and the beer. Anyway. He wakes up and looks around, gripping the gun. We hear an animal noise. He stands up and points the gun and the flashlight around. One of the blonde girls, who, again, I cannot tell them apart, wakes up. Moments later, we hear a gunshot. Mark is crying over the bear suit guy. He apparently shot and killed him. The director guy, who, again, we later find out is named Jack, screams. And Brian covers his mouth. Jack caught the whole thing on film. Or at least the part where Mark is kneeling over bear suit guy crying. And the gunshot wound, by the way, was in the bear's chest. But for some reason, we see blood running from the mouth of the bear mask. As if the bear costume was bleeding rather than the actual human inside of the bear costume. I don't fucking know, y'all. I do not fucking know. Then we see the dark woods by the lake. We see the flashlight on in the distance moving around to indicate the teen's path. We then later see the bear mask in the lake and a hand grabbing it. Moments later, we see the creepy fox guy's reflection in the water, implying that he is the one who grabbed the mask. Oh, shit. Moments later... We see Mr. Fox in the window of a house. He's hanging something on the wall. He looks at it momentarily, and then he angrily screams and flails. The other furries, those who remain at least, come to comfort him. And then suddenly it's daytime again, and we are doing some more shooting. The monster is carrying Hannah back into the lake. She's concerned that the monster's zipper is showing, but the but Jack just wants to get the shot and move on. And Hannah points out, no, not Hannah, Jess, sorry. Jess points out that Jack is acting strangely. Maddie says, that's because we're killers now. After you live, after you kill, you live a half-life, a cursed life. Does that line sound familiar, anybody? It's from a much better movie than this one, I can tell you that. And then Maddie goes on and continues, If you can live to the fact that you killed a furry, innocent little creature, you basically killed Winnie the Pooh. Oh, maybe it was Yogi. And Jack nearly spills the beans. And he's like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, because, you know, he's shaky and traumatized. Or at least he's supposed to be, but it sounds very, you know, flat and monotone. And that's when Mark glares at him. And Mark makes a nice save. He says, it wasn't, personal and then maddie and jess start waving at someone they're like oh hi look it's a cute little it's one of the furries from last night wait what weren't there others and then jack mark and brian all have a look of panic on their faces and they move away to get the next shot and then we see mr fox slowly and creepily waving from across the lake We then see Jack in his tent talking to the camera, visibly shaken about how they killed someone. He's honestly talking too quietly to hear, and because I wasn't able to watch this on Amazon Prime anymore, I couldn't have the captions on. I also couldn't really turn the volume up to an acceptable level where I could hear him, because moments later, uh, one of the girls, who I think is Maddie, yells, this is when we find out Jack's name. But she yells, Jack, quit playing, quit playing with yourself in there. And what I did manage to hear was him talking about how he switched film locations and how Mark and Brian don't want to talk or think about the fact that they killed someone. 
But anyway, Jack comes out of the tent, and it turns out the keys are missing. Jack is convinced that the furries took the keys. Mark says that Hannah's always losing her shit, so it's probably not the furries. And then Jack starts breaking down about how they killed someone and chopped up the body, which we never saw, by the way, because all we saw was the flashlights moving around. But Jack's having a breakdown. Mark's trying to keep him quiet so that the others don't get suspicious. One of the blondes wakes up, asks Mark where she... uh, Mark asks her where she's going, and she's like, it's none of your business. Mark's like, I'll go with you because it's dangerous. And... I guess the blonde is Jess because she immediately yells, Hannah, your boyfriend's hitting on me. And then she says, I have to go to the bathroom. And Mark tries to get her to piss and shit at the campground. And she's like, that's gross. And she runs off to pee. While she's peeing alone in the woods, Jess checks her phone. Of course, there's no service. She hears somebody in the distance, assumes that it's Mark. And she says, Mark, quit fucking with me. She hears chattering and she gasps and turns around dropped her phone she slowly picks it up she's using her phone as a flashlight and she points it around we see this go on for a little while she keeps assuming it's mark keeps asking if it's him and then she starts to head back to the campground and that's when we get a jump scare of mr fox jumping out and tackling her and growling and it was a jump scare i personally was not scared by it but it's probably the only scary part of the movie, if I'm being honest. Quote-unquote scary. Moments later, back at the campground, they're d- the other teenagers are debating whether or not they want to go look for Jess. She's been gone a while. Mark says that they should stick to where it's warm because they've got the fire going, and she should be back soon. Hannah and Brian are like, nah, fuck that, we're going to go look for her. Maddie requests a scary story while they go and do that. She looks at Jack and she goes, oh, we can have a scary story about your micropenis. And Jack tells a story, quote-unquote story, about these kids who go camping and they kill a furry. And obviously it's just him having a breakdown about everything that happened. Mark tries to grab him. Jack pushes him off. We then see the doc from earlier where they were shooting the scene of Brian in the swamp monster costume coming out of the lake. And we see the sweater or jacket or whatever the fuck Jess was wearing laying on the dock covered in blood oh shit and in the meantime jack continues his breakdown maddie goes back into her tent and then mark and jack just kind of start wrestling brian moves the flashlight around looking around the lake for jess jack and mark stop wrestling and they see something in the distance they turn on their own flashlight because there are just so many flashlights going on right now honestly the amount of flashlights kind of gets a little confusing as to who is being followed in the scene basically meanwhile brian continues searching the lake and then we hear hannah gasp the remaining furries back at the campground are closing in on jack and mark they have weapons including a chainsaw mark yells those fucking furries and shoots his gun jack runs to the car closes himself in and calls 911 frantically explaining that the fucking furries are trying to kill him the 911 dispatcher is offended telling him that he needs to be a little more open-minded about the furries and this part is actually genuinely funny Like, not bad movie funny. Like, I genuinely thought this part of the movie was funny. The 911 dispatcher is like, you need to be more open-minded about furries. As an active member of the National Furry Association, I am offended. And she's going on this whole tirade while all this chaos of these killer furries is happening outside of the car. The 911 dispatcher is going on and on about how she gets off dressing up as a bottlenose dolphin dolphin, and she's like, I know bottlenose dolphins aren't supposed to mate outside their species, but there's just something about a unicorn horn that really turns me on. Meanwhile, (laughs) Maddie is drunk in the tent and she yells out of the tent, does anyone have any more chicken nuggets? Mr. Fox and the other furries hear this and turn their sights towards the tent. Maddie kind of sticks her head out mr fox bashes her in the head knocking her backwards into the tent the dispatcher is continuing to go on and on about her furry desires 
and Jack yells out to Mr. Fox while he is harming Maddie. He yells out, you sick bitch! And the dispatcher says, you too, pal! And the kangaroo, who has been relatively um, unnoticed throughout this whole thing, I guess I should say, we don't really see a whole lot of action from the kangaroo. The kangaroo is laying on the ground, and it's safe to assume that the kangaroo is dead. Mr. Fox lovingly caresses the kangaroo and then rips the plush joey from its pouch, sticks the joey in the fire. By the way, there's no um, there's no person in a joey costume. It's literally just a stuffed animal. Takes the joey out of the kangaroo's pouch, sticks it in the fire, and throws it into the tent where Maddie is. And the kangaroo, I guess, wakes up from being temporarily knocked out and has its hands over the mask of the costume's eyes like it's crying and it's like wailing at the loss of its very fake, not at all real, not even in the movie is it considered real. It's literally just a stuffed animal. But it's mourning the loss of its joey, basically. And Jack screams as Mr. Fox throws the flaming Joey into the tent. He's also filming this whole thing, by the way, which I'm sorry. Like, if I was witnessing my friends dying on a camping trip, the last thing I would be doing is filming. But I guess to each their own. And then we see Brian, Mark, and Hannah all in the woods. Hannah's trying to get Mark to call the police, but I guess his phone is dead or doesn't have service. Meanwhile, Mr. Fox and the bunny furry who for some reason the bunny furry has human clothes on over his bunny costume which is literally like a black turtleneck and black pants i don't know why i really don't it's just a thing that's happening in the movie and i'm just smiling and nodding at this point because everything happens so much in this movie anyway mr fox and the bunny storm the car that jack is in and then we see brian hannah and mark in the woods again mark is pointing the gun and the flashlight around again meanwhile the poodle furry catches up with them and kind of barks at them honestly the poodle furry is almost as creepy as mr fox almost and then we see another bear furry who we have not seen at all throughout this movie, hobbling along, and then he just kind of falls over into the lake. And then we never see that bear furry again. Don't know why. Don't know what that little micro scene contributed to what's going on in the chaos of this movie. But okay. And then we hear a gunshot. The bunny looks up waves at the camera, does a little hop, and then runs away. Not the camera that Jack is using to film, by the way. Like, the camera that is being used to film this whole Furry Nights movie. Like, literally breaks the fourth wall and waves at the camera and then hops away. And then the bunny tackles Mark. Hannah yells out, Mark, no! The bunny slowly turns his sights on her and Brian, and they run away. Mark yells, Brian, get her out of here! Where are you? Leave them alone! I'm right here! While running deeper into the woods with his flashlight. I guess the bunny has the gun now? I don't fucking know. Jack gets out of the car and runs towards the kangaroo, removing the kangaroo's mask and taking off his own clothes. Not the kangaroo's clothes, his clothes. Meanwhile, Mark is yelling, It's me you want! I killed the teddy bear! We hear the furries chattering in the distance. Mark runs off. Mr. Fox comes out of fucking nowhere and clotheslines Mark into the street. Mark and his flashlight get back up and start looking around for Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox stares menacingly at him. Mark slowly backs away. Mr. Fox follows. And now, for some reason, Mark is crawling. I don't think the $15,000 that was used to make this movie was spent on somebody in the editing room checking the continuity of all these shots. So Jack 
drags the human who was inside of the kangaroo costume, who is now uncostumed, into the woods. We're not quite sure if the kangaroo is dead or if he's just unconscious. They honestly never really made that clear because we never really see that human again. Meanwhile, Mr. Fox is beating the shit out of Mark as Mark tries to crawl away. That doesn't end well for Mark. Mr. Fox drags Mark away. Mark regains consciousness while Mr. Fox and the bunny drag him towards the car. The poodle shows back up. Jack lays back down, now in the kangaroo costume, before the remainder of the furries make their way over to where he is. So Jack is now in the kangaroo costume, laying where the previous person in the kangaroo costume was trying to so he's trying to blend in with the furries jack stands up and mr fox starts grunting angrily at him jack chatters back to him in a high-pitched voice because i guess this is how jay zachary thurman thinks that furries actually communicate to each other i don't think jay zachary thurman did a whole lot of research on the furry community or even asked any questions to furries like don't get me wrong i do not know a whole lot about the furry subculture i will freely admit that because i am not a furry i have some friends who are furries that is a part of their lives that not necessarily we don't talk about it's just not something that really comes up in conversation a lot so i'd never really think to ask them questions about it now with what little knowledge i have of furries i am 99.9 percent sure that they do not communicate to each other with various chattering noises that are incomprehensible to anyone that is not an actual literal animal anyway one of the furries grabs Jack's camera, which I guess he finds laying on the ground or something, and he hands it to Kangaroo Jack, which, by the way, J. Zachary Thurman, in the cast part of the credits, is credited as Jack slash Kangaroo Jack, implying that Jack outside of the kangaroo costume and Jack inside the kangaroo costume are essentially different entities this implies that jack basically becomes a whole different character while in the kangaroo costume and we will expand upon that in a little bit but so the furry hands the camera to kangaroo jack as i will be calling him for the rest of the class while he is in this costume so kangaroo jack takes the camera and films while Mr. Fox sticks the gun in Mark's mouth. Mr. Fox then screams, grabs Mark's head, and sticks it super close to the fire while the other furries watch and chatter. Mark tries to crawl away again. Mr. Fox picks him up, summoning Kangaroo Jack to film what he's about to do. Meanwhile, Brian and Hannah are still flashlighting it up in the woods. They come across an old abandoned building up in the trees with a ladder to get up to it some may remember this ladder from earlier in the movie when the hunter was trying to get away from whatever was chasing him which was implied to be the furries and then we cut back to mark who comes to and he's bloodied up something's around his neck he looks up at kangaroo jack and mouths help me jack mouths back i can't not that mark can see it through the costume which by the way we see a lot of jack's reaction shots from inside the head of the costume like it's literally a shot of jack's head and it's just surrounded by darkness implying that we are implying that we basically have a camera inside the head of the costume i don't believe that's actually the case i'm not quite sure how they created the effect but it doesn't look very professional quality i will say that we then see that the tails of mr fox and the poodle are 
wrapped around Mark's neck. And Mr. Fox and the poodle take off running in opposite directions, which somehow snaps Mark's neck and kills him. Now, as I have said many times in this pod class, I am not a science expert. I am a bad movie expert. With that being said, these tails are made of fabric and faux fur. If they were to be wrapped around a person's neck and someone and the two individuals with the tails on took off running in opposite directions, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't snap the person's neck. It might strangle them a little bit, but most likely what would happen is the tails would rip off of the costumes. Now, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I am not a science expert. I am a bad movie expert. But from the standpoint of someone who graduated high school with passing grades in science, not great grades per se, but passing grades, I'm pretty sure that this scene is scientifically implausible. Anyway, inside of the abandoned tree structure, Brian and Hannah run into Maddie. Brian panics, but Hannah says, relax, Brian, it's just Maddie. And Maddie says, yeah, and you're still just a whore. And Hannah responds in the most deadpan offended voice I have ever ever heard in my life she just goes you bitch who the fuck do you think you are now my imitation doesn't do that justice but yeah if i can find that scene i will post it in the google classroom for you i doubt i will be able to find that scene because once again it is very hard to find anything on this movie which is very sad because this movie is a hidden gem anyway brian says all right both of you relax and then he looks at hannah and says and you are a whore and then he looks at maddie and says maddie where have you been and maddie says i went to see a movie and then i went and got a coffee what the fuck do you think i've been doing And then we see a flashback of the tent thing for some reason, but it doesn't show us how she escapes or anything. It just shows us what we already saw of Mr. Fox throwing the flaming Joey into the tent. That's it. And then we see a dramatic shot of Mr. Fox looking around in front of the full moon. And Maddie's like, yeah, I'm staying here until morning. And Hannah says, day or night, what the fuck is the difference? We're all fucked. Mark is dead. Brian mansplains something in a very condescending voice. I did not hear what he was mansplaining. It was very hard to hear. And then Hannah says, the furries are evil and they're coming for him. Coming for them, basically. And then we hear the furries chattering and we hear a chainsaw. We see the bunny's eye poke through a hole in the wall. And then we see the bunny's hand grabbing Hannah through the hole in the wall. Brian and Maddie manage to escape. Brian kind of looks back at the abandoned tree structure and Maddie yells, leave the bitch to him. He shrugs and says, she wasn't going to fuck me anyway and runs off. What a delightful group of people this group of friends is. Let me tell you. And then we see Kangaroo Jack hopping through the field. He stops to catch his breath. And I think this is where Jack's descent into madness slash becoming Kangaroo Jack really comes to light. Because he's hopping for no real reason. There's none of the other furries are around. He's just hopping through the woods. And then suddenly, Mr. Fox pops out of nowhere. He, quote-unquote, licks the blood off of his machete, i.e. he runs his machete in front of his mask. And the 
Poodle thinks this is the sexiest thing in the world and just kind of throws herself at him. That's when we see the car keys tied to her tail. And then Mr. Fox and the Poodle go skipping along through the field, not even joking, it's legitimately skipping. And Kangaroo Jack is following close behind. Jack tries to grab the keys, but in doing so, he pulls the Poodle's tail. She stops dead in her tracks and turns around. Then Mr. Fox stops dead in his tracks and turns around. The Poodle takes this as an invitation to fuck. Mr. Fox and the bunny kind of run off while the Poodle seductively dances at Kangaroo Jack. We see the Poodle kind of starting to unzip her bodysuit. Meanwhile, Jack, in his Jack voice, not his Kangaroo Jack voice, is basically saying, no, I, I don't like Poodles, like giving a million reasons why he does not want to fuck this Poodle. I guess the poodle either ignores this, does not understand consent, or just can't hear him when he's not using his furry voice. But she carries on. Yeah. And then later, like moments later, We see the poodle kind of zip her little suit back up, and then she skips merrily away from Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack is holding the car keys in his trembling hand, and he runs back off towards the car. Brian and Maddie manage to make it to the road. Maddie pulls out her phone and calls someone, but in the distance, she hears chattering. Then Brian hears it too. It's Mr. Fox, the poodle, and the bunny all brandishing their weapons which all i remember is that mr fox had the chainsaw i forget what the other two had i think one of them had a baseball bat i don't fucking remember brian and maddie hop a fence towards an abandoned house maddie drops her phone and we see that the dial screen says 911 on it brian and maddie run into the house and slam the door kangaroo jack makes it to the car and gets in uh his tail gets stuck in the door and he kind of fights to get it in before he closes the door. He doesn't even take off the kangaroo head to drive, but whatever. Brian and Maddie drag a toilet to the front of the door to block it. Maddie goes to open a beer, and Brian's like, what the fuck are you doing? And they go upstairs, and they see the bear's costume, hung up like a shrine in a room full of quote-unquote satanic graffiti. This graffiti's like... 666s, upside down crosses, pentagrams, stuff stuff like that. But then we also see one that says Lana is God. I guess Jay Zachary Thurman thought that furries are really into Lana Del Rey. I don't even know. I have no fucking idea. And Brian stares in horror and he whispers, oh my God. They found him. I think this is their den. And then we see Jack, who finally took the kangaroo head off, driving the car and yelling, Die, you fucker! And then he runs the poodle over, killing her, presumably. Mr. Fox is pissed. And that's where we'll go ahead and leave it. So, that leads us into what makes this movie special. There's a lot of factors that play into this movie that make it special, I think. I think it's the fact that there is so little information about this movie that kind of makes it special. How off the beaten path it is, how mysterious it is that one day it was on Amazon Prime to view, the next it's gone. I also think the $15,000 budget played a huge role in making this movie what it is. I feel like this could have been, no, there's no way this could have been a good concept. I, I was going to say this probably could have been a good concept in theory, but you can't make a horror movie about killer furries and be taken seriously. And I genuinely think that this guy was taking himself seriously with this. 
which is where he went wrong i think i think the only time he stopped taking himself seriously was when he was writing the scene with the 911 dispatcher that was fucking gold honestly i could probably make a whole what makes this movie special just about that 911 dispatcher scene i am going to search high and low to find that scene for y'all because it is the cherry on top of this shit-tastic film uh the costumes definitely as well the costumes really make this movie i feel like if they had used like genuine high quality fursuits it would not have the same effect as the crappy costumes that they used there's honestly so much more but i have been attempting to record this uh this class since 8 30 p.m it is now 12 24 a.m so i'm very tired and i'm gonna wrap this up you can find us on facebook at fail films 101 twitter at fail films 101 you can find us at failfilms 101.com i'm still kind of tweaking failfilms 101.com a little bit right now still kind of working on that um you can also find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Castbox. A multitude of podcasting platforms. Honestly, all you really have to do is go to a podcasting platform, search for Fail Films 101. You'll probably find us, most likely. We're all over the place, which is kind of buck wild to think about when uh, you think about the fact that I maybe only have about 12 listeners right now, which I love all 12 of you very much. If you like what you hear, tell your friends tell total strangers that you just met that they're like oh yeah i like bad movies tell whoever you think would enjoy listening because i have a lot of fun making this i really do and if you have any suggestions for films we do class suggestions at the end of every unit and i could use some suggestions so yeah send them to me on either facebook or twitter or failfilms101 at gmail.com or there's even a contact us section on failfilms101.com you can send any suggestions there same if you want to be a guest on any episodes check the syllabus at failfilms101.com slash syllabus or you can guest on the movie that you suggest as well and if you want to get involved in any of the uh movies that we'll be doing for spook the spookening i almost called it spooktoberfest but i think spooktoberfest is something else but if you want to get in on any of the spookening episodes hit me up like i said the episodes that we're covering are a secret until they are released but if you're interested in joining let me know and i may let you in on the secret that sounded a lot more ridiculous than I meant it to, but I am very tired, y'all. I had a dentist appointment earlier today, and this is my first dentist appointment in 15 years, so it was mentally and physically exhausting. So, I'm gonna go to bed 